Hello, it's Paul Scott here uh, with my podcast. Now, this is going to be very confusing because I'm recording this on Sunday, 24th of September, 2023, here in the beautiful island of Gozo, just off the coast of Malta. Yes, it's my favourite spot to take my laptop and work in a more pleasant um, climate. I usually spend April and October in Gozo, so I've just arrived here yesterday. I'm still suffering the vestiges of of COVID. Uh, I'm testing negative, have done for a few days, but I must admit I feel pretty... uh, Oh, pretty, uh, you know, when you've recovered from something, but then you realise actually it's taken it out of you. It's a bit like that. So I thought I can't not do another podcast for another week. So it was obviously last week I was laid out in my deathbed with COVID. <laughs> Slight exaggeration there. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, to confuse the hell out of you, today's podcast, 24th of September, relates to last week. So the 11th. This is the company news from Monday the 11th to Friday the 15th of September. The reason for that is I didn't want any gaps in the the sequence, but I'm too tired to do two weeks worth of catching up this weekend, so it's just going to have to be the one. Right, all fairly boring, but I think we've got about nine companies of interest to to talk to you about. So bear with me while I plough through the ones that are not particularly interesting. So Monday 11th of September, uh, I looked at Restaurant Group. This is RTN, a £363 million restaurant group that obviously the jewel in the crown is Wagamama. The rest of it's not very good, to be honest with you. Anyway, it announced a proposed sale of the leisure business, um, but it's actually having to give away the business and along with seven and a half million quid to get rid of it. So um, <clears throat> I've just re- uh, recapped on the key points for restaurant group. And I think I think it's very high risk. Terrible balance sheet, far too much debt, big uh, yawning deficit on net tangible asset value. Just because it's a big company, don't assume that uh, there's no risk. Restaurant group, I think, is high risk, so be careful with that one. Uh, Just make sure you check the balance sheet. You know, if you're happy to invest in something with a stretched balance sheet, that's your call. I'm only flagging up the facts. Now, Graham and the risks. Now, Graham uh, just briefly mentioned a delisting proposed for a company called Sportec, 3 million market cap, and that dropped 68% on the news. I mean, it just, you know, this is, we're coming up, uh, up against this delisting business time and time again. It's always the same type of companies that haven't commercially worked, and they've, it dawned on them that they can't justify spending two, three, four hundred thousand pounds a year on a listing when you know nobody's interested, nobody wants to buy the shares. Now, with the advantage we've got, we can get rid of these things, we can just sell them. But the institutions are high and dry. So uh, I think, you know, with my portfolio, I'm just brutal. If I see something in there that, that is shouldn't be listed, sell it, just get out. Um so anyway, that's the end of that one. Now I looked at Vistry. This is a mid-cap house builder, VTY. I think it looks very interesting, actually. The shares have done very well recently. It seems to have a differentiated business model. That's why I flagged it. Because a lot of building for local authorities and um, so affordable housing, which is not subject to a drop-off in demand, which we've seen for private house building. So I really just wanted to flag, have a look at Vistry, and also I think Gleason, MJ Gleason, has an interesting differentiated model um, in that it does bulk uh, sales of, of completed properties to uh, buy to rent investors. So I think actually, I, well, the flag, the point I'm trying to flag here, sorry, I'm a bit muddled, 
get my brain into gear. Um, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that all the house builders are not the same. Some of them do have quite differentiated business models, which could uh, skew risk reward to your advantage if you're aware of that and you research them and buy, buy them accordingly. So I thought Vistry looked, looked quite interesting. What else have we got? Inspired. This Graham looked at I-N-S-E. Uh, I can't even remember what it does. Is it one of these energy consulting companies? We don't think it's any good anyway. So he's read on that and I agree. Um, we don't like the balance sheet, the debt or the acquisition strategy or the way it presents its results. So inspired. It's a next. Um, another for engage XR holdings. This uh, put out interim results. I think it's a, uh, an Irish company that does something to do with the metaverse, and I, the figures look rubbish to me. But the the and Graham, but the interesting thing was is that it did raise more cash, so it's not going to run out of money anytime soon. So um, if you like speculating on that type of thing, you know you want to you want to bet on things that have got cash in the bank i would suggest so but i wouldn't i wouldn't go near it either way i don't think there's any evidence that is a viable business but you know it could change we don't know next talking about something where there's no evidence of it being a viable business i looked at wan disco yes our old friend the giant fraud where the entire order book was made up uh, W-A-N-D, management have disappeared into the ether with their, uh, in, in total disgrace, as they should, as they are a total disgrace. And um, anyway, I looked at the, I've been punting on this one a while ago just for a bounce, which was fine, but I'm really looking at it very, in, in the cold light of day now, do I want to uh, look at this again? And the answer is no. The interim results showed that it's really burning through the cash pile, the freshly raised cash pile, rather too quickly. So um, I think I think the begging bowl could well be out again for Wandisco in twenty twenty four. Always jam tomorrow. I, I'm not I'm not going to go near that one again. I don't think. Uh, what else have we got? Um, MP Evans. Now this actually looked quite interesting. Uh, interim results. It's a Indonesia palm oil producer of all things. So obviously, no, I wouldn't normally touch that listed on the UK market as these overseas companies listed on aim and, and there's nearly always something wrong with them as i always quote mark slater as saying quite correctly but actually in this case it's got a long track record of paying generous divvies it's got strong asset backing reasonable pe ratio um although the h1 profits were well down at mp evans um but h2 seems to be improving it's obviously subject to um agricultural commodity prices and um, and so on but i do like the dividends there so I think that could be worth a look if you're prepared to buy into overseas companies. OK, that's Monday. Right, on to Tuesday, the 12th of September. Uh, Graham and I looked at seven companies. Now, here's one of the good ones, I think. Gaming Realms, GMR. I do hold personally, so obviously I always disclose if I hold any personally. Um, interim results I thought were good. Um now I had a, yeah I had a good look through the numbers actually and I like what I see. Outlook is confident for H two as well. I so I think there's a, a low risk of a profit warning here. Um, good balance sheet, growing net cash, very good organic growth. It does the Slingo um, gaming software and I think it hosts the the, the program as well. That then um, third party casino websites link into it and it seems very slingo seems very popular with customers so it's a capital light business model 
Um, have a look at it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bet the farm on this. Not that I have a farm, but if I did, uh, maybe I should say bet the penthouse. <laughs> so I'm not going to bet the penthouse on it. But anyway, I think um, I think it looks interesting. I haven't really thought about the ethics of investing in gaming companies before, but several good friends have recently confided in me about their gambling addiction, which I didn't know they had. Um, but obviously I won't identify who they are, but um, it really uh, it really made me stop and think that, you know, these online casinos are really a menace to society. And do I really want to be investing in them? I think it was one of the readers, actually, that flagged this up. I hadn't, as I say, I hadn't really thought about the the ethical uh, issues with gambling companies, but maybe maybe I should think again on that. I don't know. But certainly, in, uh, putting that to one side, the numbers look great for ga- Gaming Realms, GMR. It looks a, a, a real growth at reasonable price share. Next, Graham looked at Gym Group. This is the low-cost gym operator. We don't rate this. Interim results were in line. But as Graham pointed out, you know, it's got a lot of debt, a lot of debt on the balance sheet. And it's it's not yet got back to pre-COVID levels of revenue. But of course, how much more are companies having to pay their staff now? You've got four years of wage cost inflation compared with pre-COVID levels now from 2019 to 2023. I think it could easily be 20 or 25 percent higher wages costs, couldn't you? Uh, and what about the energy costs? These places have to have all the heating and the lighting and the, the air con on and so on. So, yeah, I think I, we, we, we just don't rate Jim, G-Y-M. Graham's gone red on it, and I think he's right. He's been red on it for a while. Next, now, here's an interesting one, a possible offer for DX Group. This is the um, specialist career firm <coughs> Excuse me. that also does the, um, the solicitor's uh, specialist secure postal system. A possible offer for that. Uh, but now, interestingly enough, the company announced it, thought it had an offer at 48.5p. The company that was making the offer, called HIG, subsequently put out a, uh, an update shortly after that, saying uh, they were going to bid for it at a minimum of 45p. So it looks as if there's three and a half pence difference there in the, what, what these um, companies thought they'd agreed on price. So that's quite interesting. Anyway, I had a quick look at it. I think it's a fair offer. We've been positive about DX Group several times, three times this year, over the last 10 months flagging that it's a low PE stock, good yield, decent balance sheet with net cash, very impressive turnaround actually at DX Group, which, uh, as I say, we've been on top of at the SCVRs, flagging it to you for the last 10 months. So good to see a, a, a potential offer coming through there. I think the offer is a fair price. So there we are. Now, Graham looked at TPFG, the property franchise group. Uh, interim results were in line. Graham likes it. Uh, now, I looked at another set of interim results from HVO. HVO. <coughs> this is the, quite interesting company that does um, human testing for, um, you know, volunteers, uh, test for, oh, what do you call it? Sort of, uh, is it vaccines or something? I don't, I'm not entirely, I can't remember. Sorry, my head's a bit muzzy. Anyway, it's an interesting company that seems to have really hit a, a purple patch over the last year or two. Not much of a track record prior to that. Um, but it does seem to have a lot of uh, visibility from its forward order book, uh, and it gets the cash up front from clients as well, which is very good. So I've concluded here, I think HVivo is good. Um, in a lucrative niche, it seems to be without much competition. So yeah, we think that one that one looks interesting. Um, 
Next, I look at Supreme, S-U-P. This is a, a group of um, products, very entrepreneurial, founder management. I like the company. I like the figures. The only thing is it's got embroiled in this vaping business. It does um, vaping products, which is quite a big... I think it might be the lead profit generator. It does other things like batteries and um, uh, uh, it's, it's building up some sort of protein drinks product i think and also lighting products but they had a strange they had a profit warning from that a while back <coughs> so that looks a bit lumpy but i think the vaping product is the is the big um, money spinner at supreme from what i can make out anyway the shares have been buffeted around by a possible ban on disposable vapes um but supreme it's not. I think they they do supply sub, uh, some disposable vapes, but their main products are the refillable type. Anyway, I'm 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 going to stay out of the argument on this, but I think I think vaping is is a, a real social evil. Actually, I don't accept that they're, that they're. <laughs> I just said I'll keep out of it, and they'd go on a rant about it. But no, I think I think they're very bad for society overall. You know, the argument that they're cessation products. I don't believe it. I think a lot of people vape who would otherwise not have been putting nicotine into their bodies. So, But look, that's up for debate, isn't it? My main issue with Supreme is I think just the fact that a lot of funds and um, fund managers probably won't want to get involved with something that sells uh, nicotine addiction products. So that could put a permanent a cloud over the over the valuation of the shares that's all i'm saying you can make up your own mind on on the ethics of it all i'm not really focused on that i'm just saying if it's seen by some investors as unethical then <coughs> that could be, cause a permanent overhang on the shares so i i can't see supreme achieving a particularly good rating on the shares um anyway creo medical c-r-e-o interim results really really interesting medical products they make but as I concluded from looking at the interim results, the cash burn is so prodigious, it's already running out of cash again after a recent fundraise at a hugely discounted price. I think it's only got enough cash to last to mid-2024. So on that basis, I'm, I'm just going to steer clear of Creo. Right, on to Wednesday. I'll, I'll get this done quickly before my voice <laughs> expires. Wednesday 13th of September this is. We look, I looked at On The Beach, the uh, holidays intermediary um, company, really, holidays marketing company. Uh, nine, uh, what was this? Trading update for year ending September 2023. I'm green on On The Beach. I think it's very good. This was the one where we flagged up the big director buying, which came out um, uh, and, and the shares did very well afterwards. Um, positive sounding update, traded in line. Oh, that was it. Better finance income from the cash pile meant top uh, profits at the top end of the analyst range. But they didn't say what the analyst range was, which wasn't very helpful. Anyway, they're saying that bookings for winter and summer 2024 are, are well up. So I think that one likes quite, looks quite good. It deserved a re-rating. Uh, oh, what was this? Supreme came up again. Oh, they, that was it. They put out their own response to the media speculation. 
And that did confirm that the current trading was still in line with expectations. But that's fine because the vaping disposable ban hasn't come in, hasn't come in yet. So I wouldn't have expected them to be below expectations. Now, equals. This is an interesting one. Graham looked at the interim results, EQLS. This share seems to be on everybody's lips at the moment. It's done very, very well over the last year or two, along with all the other <coughs> um, foreign exchange, small to medium uh, businesses that are taking advantage of the big banks, sort of letting them have uh, market share, basically. <coughs> and um, they all claim to have the best interface and so on. But I, I think Equals looks very interesting, actually, I have to say. And um, I've, I listened to the recent webinar with management, who sound really grounded, down-to-earth entrepreneurs, the sort of people I'd like to invest in. I can't help feeling I've missed the boat, though, with Equals. The shares have done very, very well. They've also, I think it was Mark Simpson who made a very good point, that the shares have actually re-rated quite a bit. You know, it's not all earnings growth. They were on a P of about 10 or 12. They're now on a P of about 19 or 20. So you've got to bear that in mind, you know, when, when share prices have done very, very well. You're, you're, you've got less um, margin of safety when you're paying up that sort of rating. But anyway, the interim results are very good. I think Graham looked at those ones. Yes, he did. And he was only Amber. I put a little footnote at the end of his section saying I think he was being a bit tight. I would have gone with Amber Green. We just thought it would make it a bit more interesting to put footnotes on each other's articles. Graham hasn't um, stuck his head up against the parapet yet and um, responded to any of my articles, but he's very welcome to when if and when he disagrees with me so um i thought we thought that just might spice it up a bit make it look more make it more interesting for everyone anyway frontier developments this is one of the gaming companies god these have been a disaster this sector uh <coughs> i looked at the may 2023 results nothing particularly bad in it it made a loss frontier developments did but that was due to write-offs you know it's got enough cash in the bank i think and historically it's been a very nicely profitable company um but i don't really feel I mean, it's down 90 percent from the uh, highs in 2021 i just don't think i know enough about the sector or the games to be able to judge frontier developments so i'm just amber on that one finally graham looked at duke duke royalty d-u-k-e uh and he thinks that looks quite good Okay, on to Thursday, the 14th of September. We looked at six companies in the small cap value reports on Stockpedia. Uh, Glen V, Glen v Properties, GLV. This is an Irish, um, is it house builder? I think it is. Yeah, Graham looked, uh, Graham always looks at the Irish things, obviously, because he's got local knowledge. Interim results, um, £473 million sterling market cap, so fairly substantial. Uh, anyway, it was down slightly on the interim results. H1 was only break-even, but Graham's saying here H2 should be much better. Now, this is striking. It's reduced Glenvey, I think it is. It's reduced its share count by a third in three years. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? So I think that in itself is a very striking feature that makes it worth a look. Um... Now, I looked at another house builder, my favourite one, MJ Gleeson. This is the very low-cost, small, new-build houses in the Midlands and the North, so probably very unlikely to be affected by, particularly by higher mortgage rates, because they're so cheap anyway. And uh, results for June 2023 were in line, as expected. Amazing balance sheet, I've said here, and shares with a discount to net tangible asset value. It buys its land so cheaply. 
um, that I think the chances of them having to do write-offs to land values at Gleeson are very, very slim. So I think you can rely on the net tangible asset value here, or probably or most of it. Um, <coughs> they've spent quite a bit of cash buying more land and work in progress, but they've got a large unused bank facility, no liquidity issues whatsoever, I think. And surprisingly upbeat outlook comments. So I remain a medium-term bull on house builder MJ Gleason. I don't know what will happen in the short term. Nobody does, but I think people with a bit of patience and who are not that bothered by the short-term fluctuations in the market, I think it should do all right on Gleason. But we'll see. Next, another one I like is Focus Right. The ticket is Tune, T-U-N-E, musical um and uh audio internet type products. Very uh very very good company actually I think. Yeah. Trading update for year ending August 2023. Reassuring update. Um, just slightly below, so pretty much in line, I think. Neg- negligible net debt. It's saying its market's very difficult, but it's holding its own, basically. So I've concluded here, I think Focusrite is a good quality business at a reasonable price. I like it as a, as a long-term buy and hold. I don't hold any myself, but I think, um, you know, that would probably be quite high on my list. If I had some money, I just wanted to park um for in a nice owner managed business i think and they've um, held on to most of the additional profits that they saw generated in the pandemic and good acquisitions i think they've been making self-funded so yeah lot, lots of things i like about focus right actually now graham looked at check it ckt um he he was read on it which i i put a footnote on his section saying i think he's he's a bit tight i would have gone with amber for check it so the cash burn is slowing down and it looks to have enough cash runway so i think he's being a bit overly skeptical there but anyway um <coughs> what's next oh god the hut group thg i think this is rubbish absolutely awful company still got a billion pound market cap God knows why. The interim figures were terrible. Anyway, I'm red on this. I just think it's dire, the numbers. Um, it's loss-making. Um, it's piling up more and more debt. And the adjusted EBITDA numbers are a complete fantasy. So I have no idea why this THG still manages to have some sort of mysterious tech stock aura around it when the figures are just screaming out that this thing really is a mess. Um, and I think it could end very badly. But apparently they keep getting takeover approaches. Um, management and shareholders seem totally delusional about what it's worth. Maybe I've missed something. But I just think THG, on all the numbers I've seen from it since it floated, I think it looks dreadful. Uh, talking of dreadful as well, Loop Up, L-O-O-P, 6 million market cap. It rose 50% on its interim results, but it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. If you go through the numbers, it's 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 out of cash. It's going to need another fundraising or delisting or insolvency. Um, but superficially, there were some signs of life there, but um, very, very high risk, I would say. Right, on to Friday, the 15th of September. Now, I only managed two companies on this day because it turned out I was coming down with COVID. I remember feeling very confused and fuddled, more so than normal on a Friday morning. And, um, yeah, I really struggled just to get two sections out. So sorry about that. Porver, I like. I think this is very good. PRV. Now, I looked at the nine-month trading update. I think I ran through the numbers and I think it's going to smash the forecasts. It just, just based on the fact that it's already done well over half in H1 
and the, 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 the nine-month trading update it put out seems to clearly be pointing towards much higher results than the forecasts. So if you use my estimates of the um, forecast, I, I think this thing's actually reasonably priced. First time in years, it's always been very, very expensive, poor warehouse. It's a specialist filtrations business. Um, nice repeating revenues with barriers to entry and good margins. Very good management, I think, um, it's me making acquisitions as well over the years. I think it's a really nice quality company. Could be a bid target as well, I think, Paul Vare. That's the sort of thing that private equity seem to be sniffing around, you know, good quality structural growth type type companies. So have a look about at that and let me know what you think. Finally, I looked at Wix, W-I-X. This was one of my top ideas for 2023 at the beginning of the year, but I must admit I'm going off it a bit now. The shares have had a great run recently, up to about £1.47. I looked at the interim results, really wasn't impressed. Profits well down in H1, um, but they're maintaining guidance for full year. It's got a very thin profit margin on big revenues, uh, only about 3% net profit margin. Uh, there's no revenue growth to speak of, but their costs are rising. So, you know, I could see that profit margin being squeezed out if we if we do have a proper downturn in the economy. Um, on the upside, Wix is paying very generous dividends and it's doing buybacks as well. And it's got a really healthy balance sheet with loads of cash. Although at the interim stage, the cash is a seasonal spike, but it still has a lot of cash. I think it was 200 million, but it still has a lot of cash of about 100 million at the year end as well. It's a very, very nicely funded company, Wix is. So, OK, I mean, I think that's pretty much it, actually. So I'm just sort of going through the motions, really, doing this. Um, podcast because I didn't want them to be a gap in the in the sequence.